Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. How's it going, everybody? Thanks again for joining us. This is the Between the Ropes podcast. Brian Fritz, Michael Wiseman, back for another week with a lot going on in the wrestling world. Uh, a lot of stuff in WWE. Pretty interesting week, including uh, on Raw, a very unique segment. Um, lots of smiles over on SmackDown again. I think one of the best, best things this week, Mike, is that uh, Ric Flair is doing much, much better. Yeah, there was a relief to hear. Uh, he obviously has a long road ahead of him to full recovery or as, as full as he can get. But it does sound like he is on that road to recovery. Charlotte Flair has been back on the road. And uh, I, I'm glad that he has overcome the odds yet again. You know, you and I were talking about this a few weeks ago. Ric Flair's overcome a lot in his life, and it did not feel like it was time for him to go yet. So um, so happy uh, for his family. You know, the thoughts and prayers of all the fans, I think, really lifted that up. And um, yeah, nature boy. Got a few more woos in him still to go. He does, you know. I'm, we're still pulling for him, like you say. Still got, still got a ways to go. You know, he's just starting physical therapy now. Sure, but um, you know, all signs are positive. You know, he's probably going to be in the hospital for a while yet, but you know, everything's pointing in the right direction. Like you said, Charlotte's back on the road, so she feels comfortable to a certain extent. You know that uh, her dad's going to make it now. Um, you know, and then she just want to get back to her routine and be back on the road and be around friends and. You know, that's totally understandable. So uh, continued, uh, you know, road back for uh, the Nature Boy, Ric Flair. Um, one other thing I, I wanted to throw out here right at the beginning, too, was uh, all of our thoughts and prayers go out to everybody that is in Texas, especially in the Houston area and the area that's been affected by Hurricane Harvey. Um, the devastation that has gone on there has been uh, incredible, to say the least. And we hope everybody is, you know, that are in that area, hope that you are safe. And, uh, you know, we just wish the best for you there as well, because, I mean, we have all seen the pictures and everything that's going on, the amount of damage and how long it's going to take before that area is even somewhat back to normal. So hopefully everybody there has been safe. You take care of one another and pull through this the best that you can. Yeah, utter devastation. So heartbreaking for so many people. And um, definitely thoughts and prayers with everybody involved. If we have any fans out there, uh, you know, hate to hear it for you. Uh, Just reach out to us. Let us know how you're doing. Uh, Also, Booker T, not on Raw Monday night because of this. They said he's with his family. But did you have the same cynical reaction that I had that said, Booker T, using this as a chance to go down there and and kind of reestablish himself as a mayoral candidate? Uh, (laughs) You know know what my reaction was to that? It was like, I, I like Booker T. Yeah. But I like Jerry the King Lawler better as an announcer on Raw. Uh, that was, yep. You are 
100% correct on that. Did you, we were talking about Ric Flair a few minutes ago. Did you hear uh, what he talked about on his podcast, Dinner with the King, in regards to Ric Flair? I did not see that yet. What did he okay. say? Quote was, uh, he said, apparently it was really a touch and go situation. They explained to him, Ricky Steamboat. Um, and when the nature boy had that first surgery, the doctor said that Rick had a 20% chance of survival of making it through that surgery. But we all know that he did pull through. And I heard yesterday he's already cutting promos. Yeah, I had heard something along that lines too. Like um, 20%, 20, chance. 20% chance of making it through the first surgery. And then even when he did make it through that surgery, um, they were not giving him good odds as well of making it past that, you know, because I mean, that, that's how severe the situation was. It wasn't just, okay, we don't even think he's going to make it through the surgery, but if he does, is he going to be able to make it, you know, in the, in the days or week to come following that, is his body going to be able to recover enough from the surgery and from everything else that's going on to, to make it through this? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, um, so it's just, again, he's, he's through the woods, but not out of the woods yet, you know? Yeah, he's making his way through. So uh, best of luck to him. Uh, let's get into some lighter things. So, um, hey, man, we're taping this. It's at night. You're oh, done yeah. with a day of work. Sure. And that that can only mean one thing. Uh-huh. It's time to pop a frosty adult beverage. That's right. Like a like a frosty from Wendy's. Is that what you mean? Like a No, an, actual... an, an adult beverage. An adult... Anybody can have a frosty from Wendy's. Is that what you buy at like Adam and Eve? Like an adult beverage from an adult mm. superstore? All right. Let me, let me get on here with the uh, We do have the, the Fair Villa Superstore here in Orlando. <laughs> the what? Fair Villa. It's a very well-known, long-time established uh, store to buy your uh, adult products. Is it like is it like Adam and Eve or whatever? Priscilla's Priscilla McCall's sure it's like yeah. all of that man uh-huh there's so there's many a movie many an outfit many a thing for people that are adults and want to live uh you know different lifestyles I'm, I'm an adult I want to live a different lifestyle I want to be uh, one of the faceless men sure faces. <laughs> <laughs> okay. we were driving through uh, you know we went to Chicago a couple weeks ago yes um, SummerSlam weekend and we were driving down that lonesome road through uh west virginia and it just kills me how many advertisements for porn stores there are yeah like adult superstar get here and then so we were driving by one of them it was thursday night and there were all these 18 wheeler trucks parked right there in the parking lot and i was like oh that place is little little little, little bitty building right sketchy mm-hmm. as hell i was like i would not go in there with the black light that is was it was that place attached to a stuckies it was not. This was just okay. like literally you're driving along on some back roads and all of a sudden adult superstore. You're like, what, what in the hell is this doing right out here? So. My favorite is so in the state of Florida, there's a limit to how many um, advertisements can be on the side of the road. You know, okay. the billboards, right? Right. You're right. like, you can't have like a ton of them, right? Okay. The second you cross into Georgia, it's like, <laughs> you know, let's go wild here, you know? Double down, right. Oh, big time, big time, right? And I mean, and literally, it's like billboard on top of a billboard, and then like, and they'll be on both sides of the road. I mean, just, just nonstop billboards. And like, one of the first ones you will see is for an adult club. Adult club. And it's like, adult club, blah, 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 exit 274. And then you look up, I'm like, I'm going to exit 12. It's like what? What the hell, man? <laughs> those truckers, man. They gotta. Those truckers are going along. Where's the next stop? Got to get to that there adult superstore. Hey, man. If I if I got a barrel stuckies in the adult store on the way and some fireworks, gonna be a good ride. Oh yeah, fireworks are the other big one you see advertised. South of the border, man. Yep. Well, if you go if you go North Carolina to South Carolina, it's like the first thing you see: giant signs, fireworks. Next stop, right. Ooh, 
We did not have time to stop, but I really wanted to. There was a beef jerky emporium or warehouse. A beef jerky. I think it was a warehouse. A beef jerky warehouse in West Virginia. Imagine <laughs> that. Wouldn't that be awesome? I've never had beef jerky in my life. You wait, wait. You've never had beef jerky. I've avoided beef jerky for some reason. What? Like you have chosen to avoid beef yes, jerky? Yes. I've never had any kind of jerky. No, no beef. What? No turkey. If there's chicken, none of that. I've never what had. What is I've wrong never with had, you? I'm I'm not southern like you. I guess. Have you ever snapped into a slim jim? I have never sla- snapped into <laughs> a slim jim. I, I will admit it. I, I'm sorry, Macho Man. I apologize. Wow. This is a disappointing, uh, disappointing segment on the podcast this week. I, All I right. thought I'd why you right. I've never seen The Wizard of Oz, and I've never had beef jerky. Well, The, the Wizard of Oz doesn't bother me. That's my wife's favorite movie. But let me raise everybody's spirits a little bit here with some spirits of my own. This week, I have the Founders Spectra Trifecta. Um, so Founders is a brewery based out of Michigan, and... Um, friend of ours grand rapids yeah founders brewing co grand rapids michigan so the founders spectra trifecta brewed in the traditional kolsch style which requires fermenting ale yeast at a colder temperature and gives the beer a clean finish without fruity yeast esters i know you hate your fruity yeast esters so this would be a great beer for you right yes now i love a good kolsch um kolsch style ale so this should be great let me uh pop a top Nice and and of course, in the new tradition. Oh shoot, that thing is, whoa! It's got a head on it. Whoa, it's frothing. I'm telling you what, it's going all over the the microphone here. Let's let's get this thing all all tied up. Okay, in the in the new tradition here, time for me to do a little pour on the air. Here we go. Yeah, do the fast pour to get rid of all that CO two. I don't hear anything. Oh yeah, it's whoop whoop. <laughs> I'm literally just pouring beer all over myself right now. So. This has been a huge failed segment, and this is another damaged <laughs> angle right here in my lap. Um, but yeah, there you go. Delicious Can, beer. Mm, well, I think nice. in the future, we need every week, as a tease for this show, we need to have you re- video record yourself pouring the beer. Ooh, okay, we could do that. Actually, we should do a segment on the internet of me teasing what is the beer of the week this week. You can do that. You can you can do a tease, and then I want the Facebook actual- Facebook Live it, man. I, I, I want the actual popping at the top and uh, and the pour. Oh, yeah, I could record it. Damn, this thing is still like... The, I poured out like half the beer and had to stop. I, I have beer all over. I'm swimming in beer right now. Some people <laughs> out there are like, hell yeah, that's awesome. Swimming is in it beer, like Vince do. McMahon literally swimming in beer when Vince or when uh, Stone Cold had the beer truck? Yeah, it's pretty much. Pretty uh, much. This thing is like... Oh, it's it's foamy. It's got a nice head on it. So let's get into it. Um, by the way, we... Um, I know this is a little bit of a lighter note, but uh, I hope everybody will pour one out or at least west, um, wish the best wishes uh, to the greatly departed Roman Reigns, who was burned and buried on Monday night during Raw by one John Cena. Um, no signs know. of life. They uh, they said, Annie, yeah. are you okay? Are you okay? Are you okay, Annie? And he did not respond. So, uh, You know, maybe we'll have to play taps for him later or okay. something. Um yeah, that uh, that was an interesting segment, to say mm-hmm. the least, and uh, it did not go too well for Roman. It was like there was a promo of the week, and then also the most unpromo of the week. Yeah, you know, it, I mean, it it wasn't like the end of the world to Roman. Of course, I'm exaggerating a little bit, but at the same time, um, <laughs> that didn't work out well. I mean, and here's the thing, okay? So they want to do this worked shoot. So obviously, some of it was planned. I mean, come on, it was. That was a planned segment. Now, were parts of it unscripted? You bet. And John Cena took full advantage of that. And hey, hey, you want to get 
into a war of words on live TV with John Cena, man, you better be ready. You better have two guns and you better be ready to come out blazing because you're going to be screwed otherwise. I mean, there's very few people, even in the history of wrestling, probably that can hang in there with John Cena, especially in a situation like that. Like, like Ric Flair in his prime could. Oh. Um, I mean, Dusty Rhodes in his prime could. We saw what happened with The Rock. The Rock did fine, but, you know, he had some wounds to lick, you know, of his own, uh, you know, a few years ago. Um, well, yeah, but there, there's a difference with The Rock, too. When The Rock was coming out there competing with John Cena, he was no longer in his prime. Right? John yeah, Cena was doing this weekly. The Rock was more used to scripted television, and there is an art form. You kind of have to flex those muscles. Absolutely. I mean, the only guy that is on the roster right now as a quote-unquote full-time guy or a guy that's on TV on a regular basis with them that I think could hang with Cena is Paul Heyman and nobody else on that roster. Nobody else. Well, hmm. Hmm. Let me... So, so that's it's the problem we discussed a couple weeks ago, where promos nowadays aren't memorable. I don't remember if we did this on the air. If you and I were just t- talking about it, but promos don't have that same level of go back and watch them 10, 15 years from now. You can't quote to me, remember this promo, remember like the Creamer promo from from Macho Man yeah, Randy. We Savage. talked about that last week. Yeah, right, right. That, that's memorable. We don't have promos like that anymore, unfortunately. But uh, when you said things went um, off the script, are you referencing how Roman Reigns forgot his lines? <laughs> he did forget his lines. Yeah, that was that was not good. John was- Cena. John Cena's just people have grown to hate John Cena, and I think we're now kind of in a post hate John Cena phase where people have grown to reappreciate John Cena. Uh, but he is good at what he does. Like, yes, the five moves of doom thing, right? Blah, blah, blah. 2007. That was a relevant thing to do. But number one, he's better in the ring than people used to give him credit for. But number two, he can cut one hell of a promo, especially when he backs off the preacher man talk when he's not so all uh, John Cena's going to, you know, the best in the world. And I love kids when he gets a little bit more serious and a little bit more raw. John Cena, I'm not saying we got to go back to rapper John Cena gimmick, but John Cena, he's got away with words. He knows how to pull them together and he knows how to put energy in everything he does. Oh, absolutely. When he's off the cuff, I mean, he's incredible. He's incredible. And so let's go back to even them doing this segment in the first place. So they're, they're doing this work shoot. Okay. And obviously they want to get people talking about it and they want to do the whole Hey, we're we're taking you behind the curtain a little bit. We all know where we're coming from when it comes to John Cena and Roman Reigns and where we stand and different things like that. I thought it was a curious decision that they went there in the first place. I understand why they did it, but here's the thing. And I'm and I'm cool if they want to do a segment like that and you know, let guys go out there and you're either gonna stand on your own or you're gonna fall on your own. I mean, I I'd much rather they go back to Here's the bullet points and go out there and cut your promos. If you guys want to dig into one another, then so be it. Just sure. as long as you guys act professionally, you don't go too far over the line. And, you know, once you guys have a match, it's not something that gets carried out unprofessionally and you don't carry it over back here. Right. So, you know, that's fine if, if they want to do that. But the thing is, if you're going to do that, then go all the way with it. You know, get rid of any kind of scripts unless somebody just you know, can't handle it, you know, and needs a script. And even in that case, I, I, I would prefer that they still only get bullet points because like, Hey man, that's the only way you're going to learn. I'm like, if we're going to put you up here on the main roster, then guess what? You're swimming in the deep end now. But the other thing is too, 
you do a segment like this and you're trying to bring the reality and the realism of wrestling into it. And then you don't do that for the rest of the show. Right. And it's just like, okay, so, so pick a side. You can't just have one segment. Like this is off on an Island and this is the way it's going to be. This is the real stuff, but everything else, you know, it's, it's just pro wrestling. You know, it's a, it's the entertainment side. no, like go all the way with it. I'm not saying everything has to be, you know, as confrontational and in your face and, you know, like that segment was, but you can do a lot more of that throughout the show. Yeah. Well, and and they lean too heavily into they make it seem more natural with their other promos by just using the words uh you're a bitch or the phrase quit being a bitch as kind of their payoff and and so i don't know i i think the scripts always feel very forced and then the using the phrase bitch this all the time um to get the little pop from the crowd feels very forced as well to me and i, I have other reasons for not liking that particular phrasing but definitely you can't have it both ways you can't both try to be scripted and also try to be raw and real and i'll tell you part of the reason why and roman reigns is a great example of this because on monday night roman reigns was so focused on trying to say his lines and say what had been told to him or put in front of him that he did not show the emotion until he messed up halfway through that promo and then he kind of got fired up you could tell he was pissed off probably at himself and at that point he really did ignite some energy into that promo that he did not have for the first half of it. So the scripting just, it makes guys focus on the wrong aspects. They need to be telling the story, not just the words they use, right? The writers in the back are so focused on getting the right words. But these guys, the words don't matter as much as the energy and the and the emphasis they put into it and making it their own. That's what people remember. Absolutely, you know, and, you know, I don't blame them for doing that. I mean, I, I can sit there and complain about, hey... Why don't they do this more often? Why don't they sure. why don't they do this more throughout the show? But at the same time, was I entertained by that segment? Hell yeah, it was. I mean, I liked it. I mean, yeah, but 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 part of your entertainment though was uh, obviously John Cena cut a good promo, but also seeing Roman Reigns mess up and seeing that line get crossed in such a literal way. John Cena literally said fourth wall broken. That made that segment more memorable than it probably would have been otherwise. Probably. I mean, I would have loved it if Roman had not screwed up. And I, I was very interested to see what was going to happen then because because it is this work shoot. He was still going off a script. Yeah. And I would have loved to have seen it if if he wasn't. If they said, okay, here's the points I get across. You're going to say something like this, but you, do it in your own words. He's going to say something like this. He's going to do it in his own words. And I, I want to see Roman do that. And, you know, that still has not happened. And when Cena had some opportunities to get away from the script, he took advantage of it. Yeah. And good for him. I mean, like you said, when Roman lost the spot, he yelled at him and he goes, I'll wait, man. I'll wait. It's called a promo. You might want to learn to do it, you know? And, you know, he, he, he called him kid. Yeah. You know, uh, at one point, you know, as part of the script, John Cena said, all you are is a cheap ass corporately created John Cena bootleg. And the crowd went nuts to that. And, you know, they. how about the even part where, you know, Roman Reigns talked about how he did something that Cena will never be able to do. He retired The Undertaker. And Cena goes, I'm not a battered veteran at the end of his career with a bad <laughs> hip. I was like, wow, man, how about that? That was a great line. And it, it showed, too, how, how hard WWE has tried and Vince McMahon have tried to 
build up Roman Reigns, but also how at every turn it's not really worked for them. And I think that's what was so fascinating to me about this promo is the way they went realistic was by really highlighting their own flaws. They were highlighting the flaws that the company and the writers and the creative and whoever else have had throughout this process of raising and grooming Roman Reigns. All of those were on full display Monday night and they basically copped to them. And you basically had the biggest star in your company, John Cena, lay all of that out for casual fans, for internet wrestling fans, for everybody watching to see and to recognize. And you can't walk back from that. And so to me, that's what's so curious is I know some of those those statements might have been off script, but they were still said in a public forum. And it's kind of like, what does WWE do next with Roman Reigns? How do you have him recover from a segment like this and not be completely and utterly damaged. Um, the, the, the words that were chosen were so scathing and they were delivered so well. Roman Reigns looked like an amateur. He did, you know, and, and yeah, you're right. When you talk about the words that were used and how they were said, because I mean, that's seen as element when he yeah. wants go time. I mean, like I said, there's, there's nobody better than him. There's nobody. I mean, and, he capped it off in a perfect way in talking about, you want to call me a part-timer, you want to be like everybody else, you should be ashamed because this part-timer still does it better part-time than you could ever do it full-time. <laughs> you know, and that that's quite the capper, man. He just mm-hmm. turned it right around on him, you know? And and on top of that, you can tell that Cena is in control, not only because the tone and the delivery and everything, he's not the one cussing. When the other guy starts cussing, then it feels like desperation. Yeah. And I'm not saying that's necessarily Roman's fault because he's still going by a script, but that just tells you to, it tells me they still don't get Roman reigns and they still won't take the wheels off of Roman reigns. They won't take the training wheels off and say, we trust you go out there, do it your way in your words. Cause that's the only person that's ever going to fully understand that character is Roman Reigns. And with Cena, if they wrote something that he didn't like, he will try to make the best of it, but he will still go his own way with it. And he will ad-lib when needed. And we saw that even with The Rock. With The Rock stuff, I'll bet almost none of that was scripted for either guy. Yep. You know, when that happened. But, you know, in a segment like this, most of what Cena had was scripted, but he still put his own spin on it. And he was incredible with it. And he left Roman in his wake. And I'm I'm... I'm almost curious as like why they did this in the first place, because I know they want people talking about it. They want to get this reality thing, but this almost feels like a hit job. I'm like, all right, let's see how good Roman is. And, and with Cena, he's not going out there intentionally to like, I'm going to get this guy and I'm going to bury him. But right. what he is doing is he's going, I'm going to bring it. And let's see if he can really stand up to this. Let's see how good he is. If they want him to be the next John Cena, if they want him to be the next guy that leads the locker room, I'm going to put this dude to the test. And that's what he did. He put him to the test. Well, you look at it from John Cena's perspective, right? John Cena came up in the era after the Attitude Era. He came up in that lull period where... Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, all of these guys were transitioning out. And yes, you had Brock Lesnar in there. You had some of these holdovers like Kurt Angle. Um, You had people from the Radicals. But they were not the stars. And so there really was this power grab, the, the ruthless aggression era, the John Cena going out there and literally grabbing the brass ring. 
That was a story, but it's also how he came up on the main roster in the business. And I think what he was really doing out there was pushing Roman Reigns in a new, uncomfortable direction. Like you said, he was basically saying, let me see what you got, kid, and you're not bringing it right now. And and that's very telling, right? Because Roman Reigns has been crowned the next guy. But I don't, we, we've had some good matches. We've, we've even had some good promos from Roman Reigns here and there. I think that's still probably his weaker spot between the two matches or, or promos. But in all the time we've been watching Roman Reigns, the thing that I've felt is that he has not connected, and you said this, he has not connected with his character in a way that makes me connect with him or makes the other fans connect with him. Is that creative's fault? Maybe. Is his character too prescribed? Has it been too uh, formulated in a corporate boardroom? Possibly. But I think part of it is Roman Reigns, he just always feels a little bit uncomfortable in his own skin when you see him. He feels a little bit scared or timid. And I don't know what causes that, but I think it gets reflected and that's why fans don't identify with it. Because you have a guy like The Miz, uh, who is also probably quite the product of a corporate boardroom. But The Miz goes out there and he owns who he is in an incredible way. Uh, You even have guys like The New Day. That whole gimmick was a corporate boardroom gimmick. And yet he has managed to evolve that they, the new day have managed to evolve and turn their team into one of the greatest tag teams of all time. And Roman Reigns has failed to do that. And I don't know, is he afraid? Uh, you, you take who he normally goes up in the ring against. He hasn't been forced into this level of uncomfortability like John Cena has forced him into yet. Um, but I, I don't understand where Roman Reigns is coming from. And my only theory is you tear him down this week on raw get fans talking so whenever he goes over john cena at no mercy um that's that's john cena's way of of giving back you know well the thing that i want to see going forward is okay so we we saw what happened in this segment sure roman reigns is very good in the ring and i don't care what anybody else says he's he's a very good wrestler he has he has very good if not great matches on a regular basis he is extremely well respected in that locker room and he is a locker room leader he is he has grabbed, you know, that one and and taking control when it comes to behind the scenes. But at the same time, we know the way he connects with the audience, and that can you can make it that what you will, because some people say no matter what that dude does, he's still gonna be hated. It doesn't matter how good he is, okay? But when you come out of a segment like this, and while it wasn't the end of his career or anything like that, or even close, we know that. We know he came out of that looking better. We know how strong Cena looked in there. I want to know if Reigns looks at that and says, I got burned pretty badly there. I better up my game. I better step up. I better take this to another level. I better work on this three times as much as I did before because I am not going to let this happen again. And when I get another opportunity to be in there, and I'm, he's not going to come off like John Cena. He's not going to do a John Cena promo. He needs to do a Roman Reigns promo, but it needs to be done in a way where he can stand much closer to toe-to-toe to John Cena or whoever is going to push him in a promo when the next opportunity comes. Is that possible, though, Brian? Oh, listen, we've been following Roman Reigns for seven years, six years in the main roster. I don't know. Uh, they debuted The Shield back in 2011, 2012. Is it possible for Roman Reigns to connect more with a promo? I, I'm not convinced uh, that he has that in him th- the way he is right now. That's the question. That is the big question that, that, that 
sits over Roman, I think. I think when you when you said it, like that's the one hole in his game is still when it comes to promos. I don't think we've seen the best of Roman yet. Or at least I hope we haven't. Because I, I'm I'm hoping that there's still a lot more to give. I think when you hear the guy and talk to the guy outside of the ring, he's very smart. I think he's very calculated, but he's very charismatic. And I think he can think on his feet very well. But once he goes out in that ring and once it's promo time, something different's happening. Some of that is what's being scripted for him and the character and what they see and what he really is. And I want to know, how do you get away from that? Can you do something where you get away from that and say, no, I'm going to do it this way. I'm going to do it my way, or I've got to find a way to put my spin on this to come off the way that it should and really stand up strong and deliver it and really give that killer promo. Like I said, he's he's not John Cena. He's not going to do a John Cena promo. He's not going to do a Rock promo. He's not going to do a Paul Heyman promo. He's not going to do a Dusty Rhodes promo. You know, he's not going to do a superstar Billy Graham or Hulk Hogan. He needs to do a very strong Roman Reigns promo. And yeah. it needs to be more than just, hey, I, I speak softly but carry a big stick kind of thing. <laughs> There needs to be more to it. There needs to be some more substance. He can put the tough guy attitude in it. He can do the, my stuff don't stink. This is my yard. I'm the big dog, whatever. But there just needs to be more to it. And it's done in a more forceful, strong, direct way where you say, that is Roman Reigns. You, I mean, it's worth saying too, plenty of guys over the years, plenty of greats have had weakness in promos, right? Uh, they might have been great wrestlers, uh, but they have not always been the best guys on the stick. Um, so it's not, to your point, not career-ending for Roman Reigns. Um, but that's why I think fans want Roman Reigns to turn heel. And people will say, well, it's because they don't like him, so they're already booing him, so why not make him a heel so he can, you know, he can already be booed, blah, 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 right? But being a heel would play so much better to the kinds of promos Roman Reigns needs to cut, and he could be genuine about it. When you have a good guy Roman Reigns out there, it's hard for him to go out there and talk about wanting to whoop up on everybody and beat everybody's rear end because he's also still trying to be a role model. And that's a tough line to not cross. And whenever you have corporate saying, you're our guy, you're the face of our company, be a, a children's role model, um, yeah, you don't want to go out there and talk about beating everybody. But Roman Reigns really does need that. You know, I could care less about any of y'all. This is what I think. I'm going to kick everybody's butt, and I'm going to do it my way, and blah, 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 blah. That could be Roman Reigns, but I think he's got to be a bad guy to deliver that level of a promo and not turn away kids and parents. And I think when you come off this segment on Monday, the way that a lot of fans look at him and react to him, that just further proved it to them. I mean, look at how that audience went crazy when, you know, Cena called him, you know, a cheap ripoff of him, basically. Yeah. You know, and, and I mean, and obviously they're playing into the crowd and the way the crowd has already thought and reacted and whatnot, but they're just upping that. It's, it's like, hey, you guys are already saying it, but now, now the talent, now the superstars are actually saying it in the ring. And that just, you know, further drives it home, you know, so. Oh, well, John Cena made the comment. He said that the fans want me to be a heel. And I think we're kind of past that era of John Cena. That was maybe 2012, 2013. Right. But I think we're past that. It was funny he said that because that's the exact way fans feel about Roman Reigns right now. Yeah. And and so let's move past the promo because what was really strange, like when they get done, 
Like, Roman Reigns signs the contract, because after all, this was a contract signing. And Kurt it's, Angle, what was really strange was Kurt Angle just standing there in the background the entire time they were cutting this promo, looking like a goofy man, not knowing what to do with himself. He he didn't know how to react. I mean, right. a- Angle has since come out, and you know he put something on Twitter, like, your face when you're in the standing in the ring and there's a, there's a shoot going on, you know? <laughs> and, you know, like, so he's trying to play it up like this is a legit shoot, you know? I don't. I don't think it was. I think no. parts of it were, but you know. But you know, Angle's in the corner, and you could see him. He's like, "Oh my God, he got him there!" You know, and he's, you know, he's just got this reaction. So they get done. They both sign the contract, and, and Reigns, you know, violently flips over the table, and it's just like, "Ooh, okay, there we go." He's getting mad. All right, because and you could tell, like you said, he was pissed at himself. You know, he's frustrated, and then for whatever reason, they have Anderson and Gallows come out. And next thing you know, <laughs> Cena and Roman Reigns are tagging together. Now, Ugh. and and it wasn't like they're a dysfunctional tag team where like Reigns is like, I'm not going to take the the tag from you. Or maybe it's one of those things where Cena is just near him and he is like smacks Cena on the head or on the back or something and says, let me show you how this is done. You know, neither of those guys did. They worked in harmony. They both hit finishers to end the match, and then they were done. They looked at each other, and Cena clapped. He, like, mockingly clapped their Roman Reigns. I was like, what the hell was that? Yeah, lazy storytelling. It was lazy, lackluster, uh, lack of follow-through storytelling from the creative team. All you had to do was have Roman Reigns walk out on John Cena, and that would have told such a better story. John Cena could still have won the match, but if Roman Reigns had simply... Ah, screw this, and walked out. That would have created so much more hype for this match than these guys winning a tag team match together against Gallows and Anderson. Right. I mean, if he had turned his back on Cena and walked out, not even do the back away thing, I would have had him turn his back on Cena like, I don't even care if you jump me from behind. You know, I don't don't give a crap. I don't sweat you whatsoever. If he had done that, hell, I mean, I know we're in a PG era, that would have been a perfect opportunity to give him the finger. Quite honestly, it, it would have been a perfect opportunity. I think he should have turned his back on him as he was walking out. He should have done the thing with his feet where he's acting like he's flipping up dirt on him, you know? Oh, yeah. Kind of scuffling your feet and then walk out of the ring. Something like that. Just like some kind of shrewd movement or something like that. Just kind of be like, whatever, dude. I don't I don't care about you whatsoever. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe you up when we have this match. You'll be that's, done for. That's his shtick. That needs to be Roman Reigns' shtick. For better or worse, that he will get over, I guarantee you. If he just comes out as kind of this, I don't give a crap, badass guy, does what he wants to do. I mean, seriously, build a little bit of that Stone Cold Steve Austin into his DNA, and fans will embrace him quite a bit more. Listen, they're embracing Braun Strowman, right? Braun Strowman is so over right now. and he's, he's fighting one of the most over people in the world against Brock Lesnar, and Braun Strowman is getting over by just doing whatever the hell he wants week in and week out. So let's talk about Braun Strowman. And let's talk about uh, Brock Lesnar. So the, so No Mercy, that's the match. They're doing Strowman against Lesnar for the Universal Championship. And they're also obviously now doing Cena against Reigns. And they're giving away those matches already. Uh, there, There's an argument to be made about why they're doing it. And there's, there's a couple trains of thought. I think the reason why they're loading up No Mercy the way that they are is twofold. Number one, it's their first pay-per-view going up against Sunday Night Football. And I think they want to try to make a statement, but good luck going up against the NFL, okay? Um, 
hell, you could have you could have the most salacious, exciting thing happen, and you're going to lose out to the NFL. The XFL comes back <laughs> inside the women's locker room. This exactly, week. exactly. I was like, I was going to say you could have like nude oil wrestling out there, and I don't think you'd, <laughs> what you'd lose out to oil? the NFL. Is it like oil? Oh, you mean like body oil, not like yes. motor oil. <laughs> now, why, why did you instantly think motor oil? <laughs> I don't know. Because we've been car shopping. I got cars on my mind. I don't know, I don't know man. <laughs> How about nude oil shopping? Nude mud wrestling. Is that better? Oh. But I mean, you're, you're Miss gonna, Kitty. Bring Miss Kitty back. There you go. You're, you're going to lose to the NFL. You're, you're yeah. just going to lose. I think the other thing is, too, so No Mercy is at the Staples Center in Los Angeles. And... That's typically where they do much bigger shows. Like the last time that SummerSlam was not at the Barclays in Brooklyn, it was at the Staples Center. Um, and they've done big shows there, big events there. And they want to make sure that they load it up and they can, you know, sell that place out. And, you know, they're they're doing two big matches right there. I mean, hey, I I want to see Lesnar and Strowman just as much as the next guy. I would much rather if they would hold off the battle of the behemoths until WrestleMania and do the slow burn for that, there is no such thing as a slow burn anymore. We are, we are gone from that area. That is long gone to me. I know they might want to do, and it seems like they're going to do Brock Lesnar against Roman Reigns at WrestleMania. Who knows? We're a long way from that show. A lot of people agree that that's probably what they're going to do. And we'll see if that's how it plays out. But to me, the first ever meeting, one-on-one between Brock Lesnar and Braun Strowman, that screams WrestleMania main event, a unique match between two bigger-than-life guys that cannot be replicated. Lesnar's a freak of nature as an athlete, and Braun Strowman is just this big, ridiculous, straight-out-of-the-woods, country-strong dude that will just stand up to everybody with freakish strength and will just batter you around. And... The weird thing is, too, about this, we know that Vince McMahon has a proclivity for big guys. Like, he likes seeing the big guys out there being the the main event picture, especially when he's got good big guys. And they're both good big guys. So why give that away now rather than saying, that screams WrestleMania main event. That is box office right there. And hell, if you can do it and you want to have patience for it, why do we have to do Cena and Reigns right now? Why can't we hold off that to WrestleMania? Why did we have to possibly do John Cena versus Samoa Joe on Monday Night Raw in what would be literally one of your biggest matches of the year of all time in Wrestle and WWE? Uh, why would you do that on Monday Night Raw for the first time ever? Because they just give away matches. They uh, give the f- away. I mean, I I mean, the one match that we haven't seen so far that they haven't given away is AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura. Right. And I I am keeping my fingers crossed that somehow they will hold off on that until WrestleMania. And they might. But and Samoa we Joe, be... John Cena is a, is a dream match, too. I mean, that's right. that, to me, it's a very similar caliber match. Absolutely. But is any of us going to be surprised if three weeks from now on, on SmackDown, they go, get ready tonight. What a main event we got lined up for you. It's Shinsuke Nakamura against AJ Styles the first time in WWE. Yeah. It's like, it's like okay. whenever WCW gave away Bill Goldberg versus Hulk Hogan on Nitro. Oh and my at least God. they built it for seven days. But <laughs> They gave away so much money by not doing that on pay-per-view. I mean, yep. they sold out uh, the Georgia Dome 
Okay, they they did sixty thousand people for a nitro. I think that's what it was. It was like sixty thousand. Four maybe it was forty thousand, but I mean it was a lot of people, right? If they had held that off for like another month and done that on pay per view, that was like eight hundred thousand buys. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And they just gave it away. We're just in a in in wrestling, in the world of wrestling, we're in a post pay per view world. Um We are, talk- but you know what we're not in? We're not in a Monday night war right stage anymore right so i I mean yes you have five hours of programming to fill every week between raw and smackdown and i understand that is a challenge but you know what that's what you've agreed to do so i don't understand at the same time especially with how many people you have on your roster why the need to constantly give away these big matches week after week after week i know you want to get ratings i know you need the ratings but at the same time, there has to be, to me, a different way. There has to be a happy medium where every now and then you're giving away a big match on TV. And there's certain ones that you're going to save for pay-per-view and even for the biggest of big pay-per-views. But to be giving away matches all the time on TV and just be like, eh, people either won't remember it or they'll enjoy it and they'll want to see it again. And we can bring it back, you know, in a couple of months or or whatever it's going to be. It's just like, just do it, just do it, just do it. That's the mentality now. It's, it's a now, 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 go, 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 rather than let's save it for later and let's make it mean something more. Yeah. Well, and then you also have other problems too, right? So by hot-shotting into Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman so early, and I, I get it, that you guys, you had these guys stare each other down at SummerSlam. You built up some animosity there. The storytelling lines, if you draw them linearly, they do connect. But the problem is you're now going to have Braun Strowman potentially lose to Brock Lesnar when he is at one of his peaks. He's at one of his hottest moments. And that's going to hurt his build, right? What you should be doing is building Braun Strowman up and up and up and up and up like you've been doing and then crowning him at some point. I I, I think they're afraid to crown guys sometimes. or They're afraid to give them a championship or to cement them as something. And that push and pull, we've talked about it before, that push and pull, that hurts guys because they can never, ever completely get over with the audience. Daniel Bryan did it. Daniel Bryan, he was a world champion before. He finally cemented his status when he won at WrestleMania. And what you've got to do is build these guys up and give them those big moments to cement their status. And I don't know why WWE has a hard time with that. But if Braun Strowman loses to Brock Lesnar and then he's out of the title picture from now until post-mania, if they go through with all their other plans, it's going to hurt Braun. Oh, absolutely it will, you know, and, and you bring up Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan was a unique situation that sure. really cannot be replicated. However, they have tried to replicate it, and it, it just can't be, okay? You were talking about a phenomenal personality that was so much different than everybody else that the fans loved and got behind, and you, it was organic in the way that it happened. And you you can't repeat that. You can't repeat the, we're going to make this guy lose and people are going to love him even more because of it, because they like him so much. And they're so mad at us for the way that we're booking him and the way that he's losing. And they're going to get louder, more boisterous. They're going to get behind him even more and demand that we do more with him. And it paid off. You, you can't do that with our talent. You just can't. Nah. But there are still ways. I mean, Daniel Bryan had a certain charisma and charm about him and connection and Back to our earlier point about Roman Reigns, a connectivity with his own character and being comfortable in who he was and what his persona was going to be, uh, that made him something really unique. But you can still 
use classic ways of building guys up and crowning them to cement them as stars instead of uh, doing what they've done in other cases where you give away things and don't let guys get over the hump. This is what Damian Sandow suffered from. Damian Sandow is a prime example of this. He was pushed, and then he wasn't quite pushed, and he was pushed, and he wasn't quite pushed, and eventually he fell off the radar. Dolph Ziggler is a great example of this. Dolph Ziggler was given a moment to shine, but never really cemented, and these guys get lost at a certain point. They just do. Well, I think some of it is, too, and we're seeing this now probably more than ever before, that the guy that makes the decisions changes his mind very quickly. One week it's one thing, and one thing it's another. And we've seen this plenty of times in the past. Love a guy one day, not feeling it the next. Let's go in a different direction. I think Damian Sandow was definitely an example of that, where they regretted putting the money in the bank briefcase on him, so they had to lose the match. Uh, I think they regretted it when they did it with Jack Swagger. Um, I yeah, think, they gave Jack Swagger a multi-month title run and then did nothing with him after that. Absolutely. And even the title run wasn't anything to brag about. Uh, I think when you look at it now, I think that, that Vince McMahon saw the power of love gimmick with Mike and Maria Canellis. said, man, love it, love it. And after the first day he saw it on TV, he's like, eh, not feeling it. Yeah. And what, what has happened since then, man? Nothing. I mean, they, they just have him lose and lose and lose. And I'm not saying he's got to go out there and be a world beater and you know, beat everybody that's in the main event or anything like that. But like you, you bring back Maria and you want to do this big debut and whatnot. And, um, and, and this is what you've done. I mean, you just killed it. I mean, another prime example, Jason Jordan, we're going to do the big angle. He's Kurt Angle's son. And, you know, could they still do more with this coming up here? Have we seen all of this play out? Maybe not, but it sure speaks a lot when in the weeks after that, they have done nothing. I mean, he's just kind of drifted into the background all of a sudden, you know, where there's been nothing. And it's one of those where we got this great idea. Let's play it out. And we can sit there as fans and we'll say, all right, I don't know if this is really going to work. And they're like, you got to give it a chance. You got to, you never know what's going to happen. You got to give it a chance. I'm like, okay, we'll give it a chance. We will give it a chance. We'll hope that it works out, you know, but you can see it instantly. And they've already backed off of it to where you're sitting there now and you're going, they're basically going to give up on this. I'm not saying they're giving up on Jason Jordan, but they're giving up on that angle and, and maybe you know, where they were going to position it and exactly what they were going to do with it. It just doesn't feel like they're going to do anything major with it. And it takes you back to why the hell did you split them up from the tag team in the first place? No, no, but let me play devil's advocate here. Sure. Let me give you a counter argument. And, and we've talked about them giving away big matches, them not following through with storylines week to week to week. And I do think there are definitely some creative issues, whether it's those guys are worked too hard or whether it's too much left up to the impulses of one man. I don't know. But what they are trying to do is make money in a digital era, in an era where fans are consuming more content than ever, more wrestling content than ever, and they're consuming it in a vastly different way than before, right? So to me and you, we grew up in the pay-per-view era, right? We are used to shelling out big money for big fights. Um, we are used to there being a three-hour card, and the undercard might not be that great, be it boxing, MMA, whatever, a wrestling but we're paying for the headline event or the two headliner events. And that was the way we did things. But today, 
fans don't consume media the same way. They watch clips on YouTube. They they see what their friends share on Facebook. And they don't go out of their way to watch the entirety of a show. They just go through and pick and choose what they want and what looks interesting or what people are talking about so they can be in the conversation because, frankly, there's too much to consume. You look at the, the, the Mayweather-McGregor fight from Saturday night. Huge box office, right? One of the biggest pay-per-view draws of all time. And yet, still... Three million people found ways to watch this fight through illegal streams. And I'm not passing judgment on that. I'm just saying fans tuned in at our time, 12 o'clock, on whatever streaming service they could find on their Amazon stick or on Roku or whatever, and they watched the part they wanted. Or they immediately watched the clips the next day on YouTube so they could be in the conversation. So what WWE is trying to do is create more of those micro those big moments in micro consumable ways right they want fans to go to youtube and watch it the next day and share it and talk about it in little four or five minute clips and that's all they care about um, because they know they can get advertisers on the front end of that and on the back end of that and hopefully entice you to keep watching the rest of their playlist uh, after you're done with that by the way have you heard the rumor about the buy rate for the fight on saturday night no now this is just a i say rumor but okay. i I, I saw somebody actually say the number, okay? So Uriah Faber, former UFC champion and uh, former fighter since retired, he did a Instagram video, and in the room with him was Dana White and Snoop Dogg and some other people. I think, I think Dana White was getting ready to go on Snoop Show or something like that. Somebody was going on Snoop Show, and they were like during a break or before the show or something, and they were all talking about the fight. And Dana White said, the fight did, you ready for it? Because the record is 4.6 okay. million buys. Okay. He said it did 6.5. Wow. If they did wow. 6.5, that's beyond ridiculous. Wow. Beyond ridiculous. Wow. Because I thought if they're going to beat it, it'd be just a little bit more. But I mean, there, there, there was a ton of buzz about it. I mean, you, you kept hearing about cable systems even for people that bought the pay-per-view in advance like they couldn't get it they're having trouble getting the signal and people are complaining left and right they actually the fight didn't get in the ring until the time it did which is like 12 15 east coast they were holding up the fight to make sure that people especially here in florida and in california got their cable systems or their streams fixed or whatever so they could actually see the fight because they had paid for it and there still were tons of issues like the Showtime and uh, UFC were not uh, without uh, blame in this because a lot of people were going on Twitter complaining, I cannot still access the fight. And uh, UFC was like, we're not going to refund your money, which I think is right. Ridiculous. And it was on Fight Pass. <laughs> right. It was right. on UFC Fight Pass. So, yeah, that's a problem. Here's another thing to add to you, your argument about, you know, this is a digital age and it, it's totally different, which you're right about. When I sit here and I can complain about. Why can't you hold this off to WrestleMania? This feels like a WrestleMania main event the first time you ever have these guys meet in the ring. Or, you know, even even guys that have had big matches or, or, or met in the ring before, but now they're doing a big angle around them. Why don't you wait? I think WWE already feels like, hey, we're not selling pay-per-views here anymore. We're on the WWE network. And we basically know the value of the network, which is $9.99 a month. We believe that's already an incredible deal. And for you to get... Our biggest pay-per-views, including WrestleMania, that's a hell of a deal. And we already feel like we know what the number is going to be or have a pretty good idea of it, no matter what the main event is. Do we want to put a big match in there? Absolutely. 
But are we going to hold something off until the, at that point? And when we can do business now, that can help us in the now, when WrestleMania, as big as it is, it's still going to be big. We don't sell it off the matches necessarily. We sell it off the name WrestleMania now. So they feel like we don't have to hold stuff off until that show. We don't have to hold stuff off to the Royal Rumble because we'll have big matches. And every year we do the Royal Rumble match itself. SummerSlam. We have big matches in there. Are they always unique? Hell no. But we feel like it's a big show no matter what because it's SummerSlam. That's what they do is they built these things as big events. And it's not about the matches necessarily that are in them. It's about the event and the way that they've always uh, promoted it and how big of events these have become. Yeah, but so I guess my point here, and it goes back to uh, my issue with the way they've done WrestleMania and SummerSlam on the network, is you could be selling WrestleMania every year. WrestleMania 27, 28, 29 all broke a million buy rates. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so essentially you've said you've neutered part of that money. I get it. I am supportive of moving away from the pay-per-view model. I understand why the company is doing it, but I still think there is money they're leaving on the table by basically saying, yeah, we're going to make every pay-per-view the same when they could sell WrestleMania and potentially SummerSlam as separate things. If you were to sell WrestleMania separately, there's an extra 50, $60 million in your back pocket for very little effort because most fans, if you put a mega card together and you focused on building towards that, even if the rest of the pay-per-views were free and you still had title matches, whatever, fans would buy in to see matches like Shinsuke Makara, Shinsuke, Shinsuke, blah, 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 blah. The beer is hitting Easy hard, for right? you to say. That's right. How many beers Shinsuke, have you had already? I, I'm not allowed to say that on the air because I might get in trouble. Shinsuke Nakamura versus AJ Styles for the first time ever. Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman for the first time ever. John Cena versus Roman Reigns for the first time ever. There's a card that fans would pay to see. And I don't understand. That's But you're right. That's why they're not building towards it because it's not anything extra. They're, they're selling the brand. But again, if you still did it that way, you could sell two pay-per-views a year and make an extra 60 bucks a pop over your WWE Network subscription. Well, that was the thing that they did. They, they went all in with the network, and they said, we're going to give everything away for the, for the monthly rate. Hell, they're even doing it where, like, sign up now and you get WrestleMania for free, you know, because you get two months or three months for free or whatever it's going to be. They've already done that, and they can't go back, or they, they don't want to go back now. I mean, it, it would be a tough sell now for all these fans that say, hey, you know what? So, you know how you're getting it for 10 bucks. For the for the month, you got you got WrestleMania. Okay, so now we're gonna put it back on pay per view, and we're gonna charge uh, seventy nine ninety nine for you to get it in HD. That's tough pill to swallow. Now, pay per view companies are not gonna be too happy either. Now, would they do it? Hell yeah, they would. There's too much money left on the table. They would do it, but they would probably try to negotiate a better than fifty fifty split to say, oh, now you want to come back to us? Oh, I see how it is. Because I mean, these pay per view companies were pissed when WWE left them. Saying, man. That's a ton of money that we're going to be losing every year. Even when you add up all these B pay-per-views that did 150, 200,000 buys, you know, I mean, that's still a decent chunk of money when you add it all up. And then you had the big events of WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, SummerSlam, you know, pay-per-view companies were not happy. And if they ever wanted to go back to them, I mean, they'd say, hey, it's going to be, you know, on our terms. Well, forget pay-per-view, right? Sell it as a an add-on to the WWE Network. I mean, you're right. They've gone too long now. You can't go back to that era without seeming like uh, an old curmudgeon trying to steal so all your saying, money. So you're saying, okay, nine ninety nine for the month, 
Uh, but if you want to watch, that doesn't include WrestleMania. If you want to watch WrestleMania to unlock WrestleMania on your WWE network, you have to pay an additional fee. Yes. Mm-hmm. You, you set it up as a tier, right? Gold tier, you get the big four and everything else. Mm-hmm. Silver tier gets all the shows and all the B-level pay-per-views. And then the other tier, you can watch commercials for free. Go go you. KFC, Colonel Sanders, Shawn Michaels. Good. So what would you say the gold tier that included, you know, all of the pay-per-views, what would that go for? And are you getting anything extra on top of that? Because that would only be, if you go with the big, the quote-unquote big four, that's only four extra things, but yet you'd be paying more per month. So here's what you do. There's a a number of ways you can handle it, and business guys probably have a better way to do it, right? But you sell it as a year subscription, so you still get a discounted rate. So right now, we pay 120 bucks a year for WWE Network subscription. If you buy in, I pay one nineteen eighty eight. I don't know about you. Well, I, I'd pay them. I, they need the money, right? They don't have fireworks anymore. Mm. If you buy in at the beginning of the year at a rate of say one sixty or even two hundred, two hundred a year, mm. you get the big four in addition to all your other pay per views, and you get a twenty five dollar gift card to uh, WWE Shop Zone. That's tough though, because when when it's just on a recurring monthly and it's nine ninety nine. you forget about it. When you are at the beginning of the year and you get that bill and it's $200 in one payment, yeah, that can be a tough pill to swallow. Well, you, you don't, you don't sell it like that, but the problem is you've got to establish some way for fans to be paying in the off months for the big pay, the big purchases. And cause I, I think it's hard to sell a $50 pay-per-view in the middle of a subscription. I think you've got to, you got to tier it to make sure fans. I, I don't know. I, maybe you do something else in the off months, and you there charge has to be twenty more. bucks a month. Yeah, I, I think you have to get more bang for your buck. And I don't even know if it'd be twenty. I think it'd be fifteen. I yeah. think it'd be fourteen ninety five. But there has to be more. And they've talked about this. They put out surveys that said, "Hey, what other wrestling would you be interested in? What, how much would you be able, willing to spend on a tier if you got this, this, and this?" I mean, how they even threw it out there one time, like, "Would you like to see Ring of Honor on the WWE Network?" You know, they had that as a choice. But but the problem is, what's to stop you from signing up for the month of WrestleMania and then moving on? Hey, that's the business model you put. Now you need to come up with something to keep people there. It's not just getting people to sign up for the one month. It's getting people to stay. How does the NFL Network do it? Don't they sell a, a subscription package? The for- NFL, yeah. What the, well, what you're talking about is for the League Pass, which is yeah, only League available Pass. on DirecTV. Um, so what they do, unless you're in apartments and you can kind of get away with it, especially for students, they have something or, different for them. But um, our NFL Madden 16 or something you could buy, or 17 you could buy it as an additional thing with that the gold edition of that game. Sure. Or something. So if you're talking about just the normal customer, you have to have Directv, and what they do is the it's three hundred fifty dollars, I believe, just the, the normal rate. And I don't even, and I don't even think that includes like you can get the Red Zone channel and you can get the fantasy football tracker and channel, I believe. And I think that's an additional cost. So for everything, I think it's four hundred. I'm in the ballpark on both of those. But what they do is they give you the option of, would you like to make this in one payment? Yeah. Or we will split it up into five or six payments. That's what you could do with a $200 a year broken up into 12 payments. I mean, that's 18 bucks a pop, basically. You could do that. Yeah. Yeah. I still think that's that's quite the jump. It's almost double what you're paying right now. 
Well, I think WWE Network for for how great it is, I think is quite a steal compared to what we used to pay. So it's, I think might, they almost went too far. I don't think it's that great of a steal because they're still not at the the numbers that they want to be at. Well, that's again, the whole thing. I mean, for us, for we talk about the amount of content that's there, that's great. But you know what? They still haven't come. They still haven't hit two million. Well, they were probably a little bit. <laughs> they they thought they they thought they would have surpassed two million by now, and we're going to be. You know, somewhat on their way to three million. Yeah, and they haven't hit the two million mark yet. Yeah, it's yeah. funny because I mean, we look at WWE and I mean they are a behemoth. Okay, the amount of money that they bring in every year is incredible, but the amount of money that they have to spend on all of the content and to keep the network going and everything else that goes in that company is astronomical. So at right. the end of the year, when you look at the profit, and you go, they made thirty million dollars. You're like. Holy crap! Look at how much money came in and went out, and, out, and they profited thirty million. I mean, it's that's nothing to sneeze at, but at the same time, when you look at the amount of money that's being tossed around, hundreds of millions of dollars, you're like, thirty million is all they're profiting. Yeah. Well, and let's clarify: thirty million is what they've cleared on top of all of their expenses, all right. of their salaries, all of uh, everything else that goes into the product. That is, they have cleared thirty million, but it's not a ton by Wall Street standards. Let's talk about a couple other things that they gave away, or at least one other thing they gave away this week, or actually it was last week. It was after um, we had done the podcast. Hmm. So Asuka announced that she's leaving NXT, and not only is she leaving, but um, she's vacating the title, and we know she got injured in the match against Ember Moon at TakeOver. So when they did this segment at the tapings, and I was there, they did it near the end, Um. And the way they Regal explained it, like Asuka came out, she cut a promo, and then Regal came out and said, here's the deal. She's been one of the most incredible champions of NXT history and all of WWE history, which is true. It's absolutely true. I mean, it's 521 days, I believe, is her title reign. They said she's going to vacate the NXT championship, and they're now negotiating with both Raw and SmackDown for the next chapter of her career and the next challenge. They never once mentioned her injury. I think that we are not going to see her on the main roster until she gets healed up, and that's probably going to be about another four weeks. It was not only interesting that that's the way that they chose to do it and having her vacate the title, but also WWE instantly gave this away from their tapings on social media. They're like, we are going to control the narrative here. This is going to get out. So they immediately put it out there on Twitter, and I think they might have even done something on their website as well. They did. Yep. That's the right call. I, Asuka injured, unfortunately. I think it puts a really nice bow on her time in NXT in a really beautiful way. She never got to put anybody over, unfortunately, but that makes her that much more in demand when she comes up to the main roster. And so it kind of works out. Uh, she'll be out, unfortunately, for a few months. But I think all in all, it puts her in a good spot. It puts it gives a little bit of more intrigue back to the uh, NXT Women's Championship. And I'm glad WWE went ahead and got out there and said, yeah, this happened last night. We're going to talk about it. We're not going to treat TV tapings like nobody should know. Uh, because they knew fans would be uh, conversing, going online, message boards, whatever. Um, People like so me taking pictures of it at the tapings, tweeting it out. Right, so they got in front of the story that puts the eyes on them and not on uh, wrestlingnews.dirtsheet.com, right? Um, so all around a good choice. 
I'm excited to see where Asuka ends up. I don't know which roster I'd prefer her on, but I kind of lean towards Raw. I think Raw. And the reason why is because I think the big match is her and Charlotte. And I want to keep them apart for as long as I can. Sure. And that's why. I mean, we and we sit here and we talk about Ronda Rousey against Charlotte. Charlotte's the one they have the big matches with. And that's the one they protected Charlotte for the most part. You can't say that about everybody else, especially when it comes to the women that have come from NXT. Um, including, you know, Sasha Banks, which they're just playing hot potato with the Raw Women's Championship. She wins it. They flat out say on Raw or have Alexa Bliss say, hey, we know the drill with you. You win the championship, and then you lose it in your first match. You know, and then what happened? She lost in her first match, and Alexa Bliss is champion again. Yeah. Which was really weird that they Crazy. did that. Yeah, and then they set it up where Nia Jax comes out. She celebrates with Alexa. She puts her on her shoulders, and then electric chair. You know, Nia Jax drops her, and now they've set up Nia against Alexa. But uh, that was, it was all just at the, you know, Sasha Banks just got caught up in, in the wave there, I guess. But um, you Poor know, Sasha Banks. Poor, poor you know, women's championship on Raw. Oh, Both poor, of these things have nothing, dropped in prestige. Nothing compared to what they've done to Bailey. Well, true. But Nothing. part of that was as, as a result or by proxy of the lackluster women's championship. Listen, ever since they've established this title, and they did it with two of the best women in the world, Sasha Banks and Charlotte, ever since they established it last year, they have failed to capitalize on the women's revolution. We had some great matches, but you can't play hot potato and have a championship retain its prestige. You can do that a couple of times and be interesting about it, but at this point, it is a running joke. I think Oscar will be the one person that they really protect because they do have this streak going, or at least I hope they do. Mammy, I'm asking for a lot here, and some people are even just laughing right now as they're listening to this going, <laughs> Fritz, have you ever watched wrestling before? They ruin everybody! Um, but, you <laughs> know... I like our impressions of wrestling fans. Mine's like the real dumb sounding dude. And you're just like, ah, I'm better than everybody. <laughs> Come on, man. You know better than that. The only thing you think I'm around the WWE. <laughs> so like, like, who's that? Where's that guy from? Is he like from like, yeah. was that Chicago? Like, what? <laughs> how dare you be optimistic about a guy? Come on. Uh, you know, uh, I, I, I hope that they protect her. I, I, I think that they want to reference the streak. And they want to continue something along that to, to build up to a big match. I mean, to me, it's a pretty smart thing to do, and it's pretty easy to do. Yeah. yeah. Just whether or not they do it, that's that's a whole other story. Uh, let's run through a couple things here real quick, and then we can uh, get to some questions that are out there. Um, I know somebody asked about this over the weekend, and I or I don't know when it was, maybe late, late last week. I did put aside a chunk of time this past weekend, and I watched all of Season 2 of Southpaw Regional Wrestling. I've watched the first episode. I know they're short, but I have not made it through all of them yet. But. I, I very much enjoyed it. I think that Malibu Al probably stole the season. Um, <laughs> Malibu Al was incredible. <laughs> uh, hey, man, I got a station wagon for you right here. Yeah. You know? Why, why, why do they do this on YouTube and not on the WWE Network? That's a very interesting question. I mean, that would just be a fun little binge. Like They could advertise it. Binge the entire season. South Ball Wrestling Season 2. I don't know, man. I don't know. You know what, though? I do feel bad for one Chet Cheddarfield. I was rooting for the guy. He's just a simple guy. He's out there. You know what? He's, he, he's, he's just trying to be a normal man. And 
part of being a normal man is finding love. And he found love in Susan, the backstage interviewer. He found love. He made a t-shirt of the two of them together. He said they were going to get married. And it didn't happen. She broke his heart. She broke his heart on there. And we all had to see the heartfelt Chet Cheddarfield try out there, go out there and do his job. He couldn't do his job. He couldn't perform. Lance Catamaran was out on his own. He had to feel bad for the man. And Chet Cheddarfield just laid it all on the line. You saw the emotion spilling out as he sat there, tried to do his job. He ripped his shirt off. He got in front of the camera. Why, Susan? Why? You, you have, this had quite an impact on your life, I can tell. I hate Susan. I hate what she did to that man. He's a good man that just wanted love. And that Jezebel came around and she ruined it. She ruined him. I felt his pain. Oh, uh, I uh, I think we need to move on to questions. So. I, I did like Dry Rub Doug, though. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Dry Rub Doug and Frantic Frank, they were... Uh, they were pretty outstanding. You know what WWE needs to do? They need, I don't know how they do this, but they need mm. to have a way to sync up so that you can watch stuff on the network with other people from a distance. Like if I have it on my laptop, there'll be a little picture in picture. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, Oh, that'd be great. That'd be awesome. You know, the butchers, when they get out there, you know what they're doing? They're beating meat. We're going to beat meat. <laughs> By the way, one of the best things about season two the commercials, yeah. the Old Spice yep. commercials done by Chet Cheddarfield, a.k.a. Fandango, and Mr. McElroy, a.k.a. Tyler Breeze. The commercials are fantastic. Yeah. That's good. It's good stuff. Daniel Bryan playing Renee Barre and Dan Bandana. Yeah. You, you've, you've really, you've gone deep into Southpaw wrestling. I feel like you have a, a level of appreciation and understanding mm. that I did not expect from you being a Floridian and not a true Southerner like myself. Well, how about the move of them hiring Debbie Desperado, the first girl to ever be in Southpaw Regional Wrestling, but she doesn't have an opponent because guess what? You got to hire two girls, not just one. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot that you grew up in 80s wrestling, and this is exactly what 80s wrestling was. <laughs> how about Victor and Connor playing the danger zone? They're like, wait, yeah, yeah. we can't use that gimmick? What? Yeah, you can't use that. It's got a trademark. Oh. Mm. What else you got for me? What else you got for me this week? For that this was week? good stuff, by the way. Yeah. Go out your way and watch that. It, it's fun. I, I'm it's just, on it. It's just stupid humor that they have some fun with. Um, I just, I've been to we were car shopping for the wife, and that takes time. You got to go talk to whatever. dealers, and they give you bottles of water. You, you know where you can get a good car? Malibu Al. He yeah. will sell you a great car and a great deal. Did you see the man? Yeah. When you when you're sporting a three piece suit like that, you can't help but trust the dude. You know you're getting a good deal. Malibu L. If you go to WWE Shop right now, mm-hmm. WWShop.com, yep. you can buy a Malibu Al t shirt or hat. Oh, nice. They don't have much gear from South Paul Regional Wrestling, but they do have some Malibu Al gear. Twenty hmm. percent off titles. Mm. They're now selling the UK championship. Oh yeah, I saw that. It's hotness. Yes. I had to call somebody out last night online that said I must I must buy this belt. And I was like, uh, that's not a belt. 
That is a championship title. If you want to see a belt, go watch the Fashion Files from SmackDown, and you'll see what a belt is. You can buy your SummerSlam Brooklyn, Brooklyn New York t-shirt. Mm. Elias World Tour. There you go. The this Elias the World Tour shirt is uh, pretty spectacular. Yes. Pretty uh, let's see. Do you, do you want to talk about the sexy star Rosemary incident from Triple yeah. A? Yeah, so let's get into that. Anybody doesn't know Triple Mania uh, last week, so they did uh, this multi-women match. And at the end of it, Sexy Star submitted Rosemary with an armbar. And even after the submission, she held it, or she even slapped it back on, and she cranked it, and she legit hurt Rosemary. And people went nuts about it. And Sexy Stars tried to come up with every excuse under the rainbow about, oh, it's all work. And then she said, oh, no, they were shooting on me, and I had to protect myself. And guess what? If somebody was shooting on her, it wasn't Rosemary. Um after the match, Vampiro forced her to apologize to Rosemary. It was, I think it was kind of like, hey, you know, I'm sorry about what I did out there. You know, I'm really sorry that I hurt yourself. And uh, it was like one of Your those. impressions are on point this week, Brian. I got to tell you. I think they're fleek. Um, uh, it went something like that. And then one of the other women was like, I legit want to kick your ass. And they had to get Sexy Star out of the building. And since then, a lot of wrestlers have taken to social media to uh talk about the incident and they are none too happy with sexy star and nor should they be she has been pulled from various shows including wrestlecade in your neck of the woods gone she's off the wrestle circus and there's been some other places that will not use her cody rhodes has said that woman will never be in the same locker room as me and um i can't blame people for for being this pissed off because the number one rule among wrestlers is you protect one another in the ring and she did not protect her opponent in the ring nope it's it's just literally one of those cardinal sins right she committed one of the cardinal sins of wrestling and um she's gonna pay the price now yep and rightfully so and you know what rosemary is kind of like hey let's put this in the rear view mirror let's learn from this i think she put out a very uh smart statement about it um just saying hey Go out there, protect one another, have good matches, things like that. The other the thing that came out of this that was good, luckily, is that originally we thought that Rosemary like had a torn tricep. She has a um, strained bicep and strained tricep, and she has to take a couple weeks off, and she has to do some physical therapy, but it could have been a lot worse. A lot worse. It's just a risk you don't take, especially not with somebody else's body. It's just not okay. Anyway, yeah. shape or form. Uh, Pro Wrestling Illustrated. They put out their top ten of their annual rankings. They have now they haven't put out all five hundred yet, but they have their top ten. They put out number one, and rightfully so, goes to Kazuchika Okada. Here's all right. Where, here's where I the can fun buy begins. Okay. Okay. And remember the way that they do the rankings. It's kind of weird. It's they they have like a three hundred sixty five day window, and it's not from like. January 1st to December 31st. They they have a year window somewhere. It's based on like how many matches you have, what shows you're on, what place in the card you're on, the quality of matches. Like you have to have a certain number of matches to even qualify for this. Um, and I'm not sure what that number is. But their top 10 was Okada, AJ Styles at number two, Kevin Owens huh. three, Roman Reigns four, Kenny Omega five, Shinsuke Nakamura six, Dean Ambrose, 7, Samoa Joe, 8, Bobby Roode, 9, and coming in at number 10, The Miz. 
the thing I take biggest issue with on that list, the Miz. Uh, yeah, the Miz should have been number one. <laughs> Duh. Um, Dean Ambrose. Dean Ambrose is totally in the wrong place, and I I continue to be underwhelmed. He's fine as an in ring competitor, but I, I continue to be underwhelmed. I don't think he's top 10 i don't think he's that high yeah i mean and the reason to me that this list is done is to spark conversation sure now i will sit there and say i love aj styles i think he's fantastic and he's busted his ass and he's done a great job in wwe over the past year why is kenny omega not number two though yeah aj styles his year was last year not this year yeah i mean Hell, you can make an argument if you really want to go deep in this, and it's not worth something about getting all, I can't believe they did that. I'm going to punch a wall. You know, I'm never getting PWI again. Um, I, you can make the argument the top three guys, maybe even the top four guys, could have been New Japan talent. If you were talking about match quality. Because, yeah. I mean, you could put Naito up there. You could put Ishii there. Uh, you know, obviously, you're going to have Okado and Omega there, so... It's a tough. It's a tough thing to kind of quantify wrestlers in this way, and I, I think that it takes some of the charm out of it. But also, there needs to be more into it than just match quality, because I think a wrestler. You, you go, well, who was the best wrestler of the year? Well, that encaptures a lot of encapsulates a lot of things. It captures different aspects of who they are. So, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Conversation sparker. This is definitive list. This is not. Let's get some questions. Uh, questions. We, have, we have the post on Facebook. Go to facebook.com backslash between the ropes. You can leave them there. You can also go onto the Twitter and use hashtag askbtr. And you can also send us questions, btrmailbag at gmail.com. All right. I'm going to start off, do it in reverse this week. I'm going to go straight to the Facebook. Facebook, right here. Brad Mendenhall writes in, I recently watched a YouTube clip of Bret Hart walking to the ring during his WCW days. He looked miserable. The textbook definition of boo-boo face. What are some recent examples of wrestlers walking to the ring, obviously unhappy, that come to mind? And then he followed it up by saying, also, thanks for being awesome. So you're welcome, Brad. Anybody that hadn't been paid yet by Global Force Wrestling coming to the ring? Or actually, it would have been during (laughs) TNA. Wow. I always look <laughs> Global for Force pays their guys, okay? Since they've been Global Force and Anthem is still over, they, they paid their guys. Uh, I always look for uh, guys who are in title matches to see what their reactions are going to be before they got to the ring and try to put that in my mind and say, like, oh, look, Roman Reigns looks upset. He must be losing the title tonight and then try to reference it later after they've won or lost. I always think that's interesting. You know what? If a. If somebody is really getting upset about losing a title, and if, if it's just because, hey, we want to go in this direction or something, um, <laughs> I think it's ridiculous to get that upset. Because <laughs> you can yeah. still control having, or, or somewhat control, have a good match. I mean, it's just part of the job. You're not always going to be champion. You want to be champion, of course, sure. but you're not always going to be champion. Yeah. I don't know. I, they're, they're having, I think a, a good good example would be Ryback. Ryback was pretty unhappy in his last stint oh, in WWE. Ryback wore it on his sleeve. Yeah. yeah, he did. He showed it off real well. Who else? Hmm. Dave Batista, maybe? He was a little bit unhappy. Uh, yeah, well, he was more angry not about losing a title. He was more upset about the way they were using him because he wanted to be a heel, and they were trying to make him into a baby face. Yeah. And finally, by the end of his last run, they did it. And then he was like, I'm out of here. I'm going to enjoy some of this Guardians of the Galaxy money. All right. Let me jump into some other questions here. By the way, a quick update. Xavier Woods suffered an MCL sprain in his knee. How long is he going to be out? Um, That's a very good question. Um, Obviously, we saw him on Monday. 
Uh, he had the knee brace on, and he had a sign that said, it's sore. Um, or actually, SmackDown. Uh, let's see. We don't know how long he's going to be out for. He's having a a medical evaluation done, or he just had it done, and we'll find out how long. Now, typically, when you have that, it's about a month. And Samoa Joe, by the way, is out for about a month, too. He has an injured knee as well. It's tough. It's tough being on the road. Yep. All right. Scott Hamilton writes in, with the complete trash booking of Sasha Banks and Bailey, what can we expect from the impending burial of Asuka on the main roster? Mm, there will it Vince is. Have, will Vince have her throwing ceremonial rice in the corner and salt in her opponent's eyes? Yes. Maybe. <laughs> I just love that. She's gonna, they're going to dig up Mr. Fuji in the grave, <laughs> and he'll be the manager. Somehow or another, they're going to uh, connect her uh, in lineage to Yokozuna. <laughs> As just seen because, on Game be- of Thrones, it's Nightwalker, it's White Walker, Mr. Fuji. That's right. Yeah. Scott also says, also, is the new Natalia shirt a rib? Thanks, guys. Keep up the good work. Have you is seen that the, the one shirt? about the cat? Yes. No, it's yeah, amazing. two paws. Yeah. It's amazing. You need to check it out. I like told my wife, I said, I never thought I'd want an Natalia shirt. I totally do now. What would you rather have, the Natalia shirt or the orange Usos t-shirt that you the wanted Natalia so badly? Shirt. The you, orange Usos shirt was phenomenal. But dude, that, you that, wanted that shirt so bad, then you, you, had, you had plenty of opportunities to get it. You never did. And then out. they turned heel and they got rid of the shirt. I just keep buying more wrestling shirts. My, my, my closet's getting too full. Yeah. All right, let's jump in here. Um, uh, Matt Ellis writes in, uh, although Cena's promo on Monday was a great promo, do you think it was more helpful or hurtful to the WWE? If Roman is supposed to be the top dog in the roster, do you think that Cena unintentionally buried the rest of the locker room by saying that he does more as a part-timer than Roman could ever do as a full-timer? Tell me what he said in that sentence when it comes to Cena. That was wrong. Tell me what's Uh, wrong. I, now, I mean, we could sit there and say, well, that's the way that you're booked and whatever. Hey, yeah. guess what? He's a top dog. He's a part-time guy. I mean, yeah. and Cena will tell guys this all the time. Take chances. Step up. Get in my face. Take my spot. Challenge me. I want it. I I crave it. Do it. Do it. You think you can knock me off the pedestal? Do it. But he's going to claim a spot. He's He's calling people out. He wants people to do it. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know. It just still, I think it does come across a little bit degrading. I see why Matt Matt says that. Mine, I, I think Cena just uses it as a challenge. Like, hey, man, you guys keep talking. You want to step up? You want you want to be you want to be the top guy? Yeah, come and take I, it. He's, come he's take chal- it. You're right. He's pushing them. It's okay. I, I'll tell you the one guy that's that continues to step up the most to me when it comes to all around game. And I know people can say whatever they want about his entering wrestling still to some extent, but the guy. To me, as as hungry as a lot of these guys are, that continues to step up on a day to day basis and brings it all the time is the Miz. Yeah, I agree. And by the way, when I said you know there's one guy that could stand toe to toe with Cena on the mic, and that would be Heyman. I left out the, Miz, and I'd be very curious to high. see that. I that yeah. would, I think that would be very interesting. Hell, look at that! What they did even on Monday night with Miz. Yeah, he carried it again. He's fantastic. Uh, he also asked us this question: Does Bobby Roode have a shot at the WWE Championship by the end of 2017? I don't think so. Maybe. I mean, like a one-off on SmackDown or something. Are maybe. they going to be selling Bobby Roode toothpaste soon on WWE Shop because he's smiling so much? <laughs> I love this question. Preston Hill writes in: Per his theme song, Bobby Roode won't give in till he's victorious. Why would he be open to such once he's won? <laughs> Good question. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, Bobby Roode. Oh man, gotta love him. Smiling Bobby Roode. 
I have thoughts on the booking in uh, the way they bring up guys. We can chat about that next week. We will Bill chat Dixon about that next in, week. Yeah. While it's widely accepted New Japan Pro Wrestling will never compete on WWE's level, in your opinion, what is their ceiling on the world stage? What is the ceiling in America, and what will New Japan look like five years from now? That's a hard question to answer. It's, what do you think? It's really hard. Their I mean, ceiling is they have they obviously have plenty of room to grow. Um, I mean, they're riding a great wave right now uh, between Bullet Club and Young Bucks, and the, the depth of talent that they have between Okada and Omega, Naito, Ishii, and some of the other guys that they have there. Um, they got an amazing amount of talent. Kushida. Um, it's incredible the the depth of talent that they have and just the high level of workers. Um, as for the world stage, I, I don't know. I mean, it depends. Are, are they going to be able to get a better deal in the United States? Are they trying to get a better deal in the United States? Are they cool with where they're at right now? Um, can they continue having this level of wrestlers there and continue going forward? So there's a lot of questions, but I mean, I think they're in a great spot and obviously there's room to grow. They're never going to be WWE, but there's room to grow. Yeah, it's... I think their ceiling is, at this point, limitless. I think in order for them to compete very seriously against WWE, they would have to have a New Japan America League or something along those lines to make them more established here in the long term. But I think they could very easily topple all the the second stringers like uh, Ring of Honor and um, Global Force Wrestling in the meantime. I think they could take those positions over and, and be bigger than them here in America, no doubt. Five years? I think five years. I think you're a few years away from that, though. Yeah. All right, we'll get to one or two from the uh, uh, Twitterverse. Um, what do you guys see in Bobby Roode? I don't get it. This is Nick. Uh, hashtag SBTR. I don't get it. You can't make it in WWE with a one-word gimmick. It won't last very unoriginal. And I just want to say Bobby Roode has more than that. Um, his gimmick is that he is a hard old-school wrestler, um, and I think he just got charisma. He he shows charisma, limitless charisma. I I totally agree with that. I mean, and he's he's just a very very good sound worker in the ring. Yeah. Um. Last question. I know you got to get to a fantasy football draft. Here. Yes, Let's I do. See. Um. But with my awesome name on my fantasy team, which I came up with today. Uh, yeah. Uh. What do you? What do you? Okay, I like this one. Nick asked one more question. Where do you think this weird dollar Ziggler thing is going? Will he ever get back to the main event picture? Hmm. I don't know. I mean, it just depends on where WWE sees him. I think they look at, at Dolph as okay. If we're if there's somebody that gets injured and we need to put somebody up into the main event, we can always elevate him with like a big win, which they've done yeah. many times. You know. Um. He, but in the meantime, he's just going to be a a good solid player that's going to be there. This, doesn't this reek of where he was a year ago? I mean, like that's the thing. This to me, is, is his this, position. This is where he's at, man. This is it. But this is but this, he does the same thing. I'm not where I deserve to be. I'm going to prove myself, and he proves himself for one month, and then they move on and do something else. What? That's the way that they see him, man. Mm. It's just the way that right. it is. Francis wrote in a bunch of questions. Sorry, Francis. Uh, he he did write into us at btrmailbag at gmail.com. But Francis, this week you drew the short straw, so we will not be talking about total divas. Yeah, so no no Total Divas, not yet. We're not on the show yet, so we can't talk about it until we make our appearance. And listen, if I didn't get you your question this week, I, there are a few other ones I really liked out there. Feel free to send it back in next week. Write to us again. Let yeah. us know. We, we'll we, get we, to we, it. Yeah, we try. We will get to it. So uh, we do appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, thanks again, everybody. Uh, the numbers have been fantastic as we continue to get more and more people listening to the podcast. A couple of reminders. 
Please subscribe to us wherever you get your podcast, especially on iTunes. Rate and review the podcast, even if it's just like a simple line um, that helps out tremendously. And same when it comes to the rating that helps us even move up farther on the rankings on uh, iTunes. Um, but you can also subscribe to us. You'll find us on uh, Google Play. We're on Stitcher. We're on the TuneIn app. And we're over on Blog Talk Radio as well. Um, if you want to subscribe to us there and get the direct download, you can. And uh, please follow us. We're on Twitter. It's at Between the Ropes. Michael is at The Real Wiseman. I am at Brian Fritz. And you can also find us on Facebook. Go to facebook.com backslash between the ropes. We always appreciate any kind of feedback and having a continual conversation throughout the week. If there's certain things that you want us to talk about, you can mention it. We will try to talk to us about it. You know, when you leave us the questions and everything, and like Michael just said, if we don't get to a question one week, send it again. We'll try to get to it uh, the following week. And, uh, you know, we love the feedback. We love the interaction with everybody. And we appreciate everybody for the continued support and listening to the podcast and uh, helping us continue to grow going forward. Send it in, Jerome. Send it in, Jerome. So thanks again, everybody. We appreciate it. We will be back next week. We'll talk to you then right here. Between the Ropes. <laughs>